episode of Just Jay the Podcast. We have a special one today. This but as you can see, I have like a different setup going on here. This is just my setup for when I'm solo. Um, I got this nice, beautiful chair. And then I got these orange pillows. Hold on. Halloween vibes. Halloween vibes. If you're just watching, I mean listening to the audio, please head over to the YouTube and you know check out some of the visuals that I've posted because my visuals are just getting so much better. Um, every chance that I get at them and I'm just improving my you know presence on each platform that I'm on so please tune into the audio and the visuals um, you will not regret it and you'll get to see me and my pretty studio and my pretty face period but yeah I like my new studio it's a little chilly down here so I got me a little orange blanket hold on let me set the mood let me get in the vibe period you see it um, but today we have a really, really, really special show because it's going to be talking about um, just some things that I have or that have been brought to my attention in the past couple days. Um, a lot of my friends have been going through it, whether it be with their families, with, you know, the guys that they're dating or whatever. So I want to kind of, I want to talk about a few things. First of all, I want to talk about love bombing because I don't think... I don't think I was educated enough on that topic when I first heard about it and then I want to you know share what I know with you guys so that you guys are you know a little educated on just how to maneuver with people that you're trying to develop relationships with and then I also want to talk about mental health in black men but also in the black community as a whole because I think that's something that we really 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 don't allow ourselves to dive deep into as black people and I feel like we not to say that we need it the most, but I think truly mental health is something that everybody should have, you know, knowledge about and everybody should, you know, be taking the right steps to make sure that they're mentally okay at all times. So that's the show. We got some really good topics. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive right into it. This is going to be a good one. First of all, I want to talk about my new segment that I've added to the show. It's called Ask Jay. Um, it's pretty much you know how like um, people post like their it's like an Instagram feature that I'm using to do it but you can you know it's a link in my bio um, my link tree has all my links for my YouTube my audio platforms my soul New York playlist everything and ask Jay is at the top of the link tree so it's it's not hard to find at all um, it's literally the link in my bio you click that and it'll take you to my link tree and ask Jay will be right at the top then it's going to take you to another website that it's going to say type an anonymous message to just Jay the podcast and that's how you can submit your questions your anything you want me to give my opinion on anything you want words of wisdom on or you just want to hear me talk about or suggestions anything like that i'm open to all of it so yeah ask jay is going to be a new segment that i'm introducing slowly but surely um i think that's a good way for me to in interact with you guys and not only not just be basing my show off my topics and what I want to talk about you know that's a good way for you guys to give your input and we could talk about things that you want to talk about you know so just a brief segment in the beginning of every show I'm gonna be taking topics from there and answering them on the show or responding them to them on the show my first ask well I only have one for today's episode but it's a very 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 important one because I feel like as women I feel like we've all been through this or maybe not all because you know I don't know maybe you haven't but a lot of us have gone through this and I think it's very, very important for me to share my experiences and the experiences that I've watched my friends go through as well. So, you know, on this show, I, I aim to just have real conversations and 
real perspectives, you know? So everything that I speak about is 110% based on my personal experience, my experiences that I watched other people that I love and know go through, and just the knowledge that I have on a lot of things that I've learned throughout my life. So the first Ask Jay topic for today, I should say the first and only, is my opinion on love bombing. First of all, let's talk about what love bombing even is. Love bombing is, I have a lot of notes today because I have a lot of information that I really wanna get out to y'all. So if you see me looking over, I'm looking at my notes. But love bombing is the act of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. Let me break that down in real bitch logic, okay? <laughs> that pretty much means you meet a guy, y'all start talking or whatever, and he's immediately he's showing you so much affection, so much compassion, so much everything that you've always wanted, right? He's showing it to you. He's giving you everything that you could ask for immediately, right in the beginning, right? And then you get that for a while. Let's say maybe, I don't know, I don't want to put a love... I mean, and I don't want to put a timeline on love bombing, but this is from my experience and my friend's experiences as well. Of you messing with a guy, right? So y'all messing with each other. At this point, you're so you're so receptive of the affection and the attention that you're getting from this person that you're not really thinking anything of it. Yes, things are probably moving very, very fast, but this is everything that you've wanted, and this is someone that just came into your life and is just willing to show you everything. Like he's his intentions are clear. It's great, right? Then all of a sudden it stops and his behavior completely changes, right? To where he's probably not talking to you as much or, or he has completely stopped talking to you, ghosting you type way. And now you're stuck like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how did he switch so drastically? That is love bombing. Love bombing is when somebody fills your head up and fills your heart up with an abundance of love and abundance of affection so quickly and then takes it away it's a, it's a form of manipulation a hundred percent i have been love bombed before and i think that i will say that it falls under the to influence or manipulate them but i feel like in my situation my i think the person that did this to me i think he just knew that i had a soft spot for him which again equates to manipulation yes he knew i had a soft spot for him and I don't know what it was about this person, but I, I, I have this, I have this tendency to want to fix people or to want to be a supportive, a supportive hand for people, you know. When in reality, like that's not my job. I'm not. Uh, first of all, first of all, <laughs> I am nobody's therapist. I am nobody's doctor. I am nobody's fucking mom. Like that's not my job to take care of people. That's not my job to heal people or fix people. When you address me, you should already be in the process of healing yourself and fixing yourself. That was my first problem, thinking that I had the ability to completely fix this man and build him to be everything that I want him to be. Wrong. So I believe that he gave me so much love and so much attention because he knew that that was... First of all, he knew that I had a genuine heart. He knew that I had a different type of, you know, connection with him. So he prayed on that and, you know, loved by me for as long as he could and then immediately snatched it away. I think that's the worst part about being love bomb is when they snatch it away, you're literally left like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Like that shit, and I hate, there's this saying that says men change like seasons, right? And that is extremely, extremely true. But I feel like as I got, as I get older, right? 
hear me out. Because I was one of those girls that was screaming, niggas ain't shit. I was screaming, they're all the same. I'm never going to find nobody that da 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 right? But truthfully, as I have gotten older and I have had more experiences with grown men, like, when I say grown men, I don't mean fucking extremely grown bitch not we're not talking about 45 and up no guys my age or you know a little older that are actually grown that are actually in their manly era that are actually trying to do right by women that are actually trying not to negatively impact your life once I started to I think that all boils down to changing like the energy that you give out because if you're giving out energy like, oh, niggas ain't shit, like, they're all going to be the same, you're going to attract those same ain't shit niggas, and they're going to all be the same. So once you understand that, like, damn, you know what? Not all niggas are the same. There are some good ones. We can't, you know, we can't blame the last three that were fucking shitty and categorize everybody as being ain't shit ass niggas. That's not true. So I think when you change that mindset, and as you get older, you really start to see that, you know what? Not all niggas are like this, you know what I'm saying? It just, you're going to go through a lot of niggas before you really understand that. But I think once I understood that, you know, you can't categorize all men as the same, I started seeing a variety of different niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like now I feel like I'm experiencing men that are actually fucking men and not boys. That's what I will say. And I think the last situation of me being loved by him, I was, he was 100% a boy. 100% that I, a boy that I wanted to fix and heal and mold into a man. And that shit, you can't, man, a man ain't gonna change if he don't wanna change for you. Stop trying to change these men because if they see you for what you are and if they actually desire to be with you and they, and they see something in you, they're gonna automatically want to change and conform to whatever it is you desire and whatever, whatever it is that they need to do to show up for you, you know what I'm saying? So a man is gonna change for who he wants to change for. If it ain't you, it ain't you. And he gonna show you that it ain't you because he's going to continue to do the same shit. So love bombing, um, horrible, terrible thing. I hate it. I, I just feel like, I, I've said this literally since the beginning of this fucking podcast. I like to be mindful of how I affect other people's lives. I don't want to be a negative person in your life. I don't want to, make you feel like I'm doing you dirty. I don't want to do that because I know how it feels to have somebody that you care about treat you negatively. We often think we're, we have a higher place value in, someone, in other people's lives than we really do. So I think that it's important to, first of all, know your impact on other people's lives. If you know that you're not going to impact this person's life positively, don't involve yourself with them. Because first of all, who wants to hurt anybody? Because then you got to, I was about to say that you have to deal with their feelings, but some people don't really take into consideration how they make other people feel, so I can't really say that. But just being a shitty person is not fun. But yeah, that's how I feel about love bombing. I don't know, I just went on so many different tangents and talked about so many different things, but y'all get it. Hopefully it comes together. I don't know, child. The title of this episode, though, is going to be a safe space for men. When I say that, I mean because I... We all know that my cousin committed suicide a couple of years ago in 2018, right? That is one of the pivotal life moments for me that completely changed how I looked at mental health, how I looked at life, and how I looked at men. Because a man's job, quote unquote, or role in life is to 
support, provide, and be the leader of the household, right? Those three things in themselves are extremely difficult, extremely. And that's a lot of pressure for society to put on men in general. You can't, if, if we're really, let's really break this down, right? Me, I'm 22 years old. I'm still trying to figure out my fucking life out. So it's, I, I feel like it's really unrealistic for us to look at men like, nah, you got to have this shit figured out. You got to have mad money in the bank. You got to have mad shit going for yourself. You got to provide for me and you, and you got to be my support system and you got to support yourself too. That's way too much to ask for a man to do. So imagine a man who was raised on, you got to be tough. You can't, don't cry. That's not manly. That's feminine. No, it isn't. There's, and I, I think, I think it was like season two, maybe of this episode where I had my dad on it and he was on for like a brief couple minutes and we had asked him like how was it growing up when you were taught like you know you don't cry um, you know how when you're taught younger that showing emotions is a sign of weakness do you feel like as you've gotten older you've come out of that and become more in touch with your emotions and if so what kind of drove that because i personally feel like my answer for you would probably be like your children yeah Yeah. your children because i show my emotions and you've always been so like okay if you feel something say it so does your children have a role in you know did something happen in your life that you felt well first of all that's that's a true statement because we were always taught you know boys don't cry Mm -hmm. shut your mouth you know you know certain things you keep to yourself all that type of stuff but I guess, yeah, becoming a parent, I think just becoming an adult, mm-hmm. you change. Yeah. You know, your perspective changes. And I think my elders lived a different time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand and respect why they were saying what they were saying. But that doesn't hold true now. Yeah. You know, because you want your children to be able to express themselves. You don't bottle that shit up. You know? He was pretty much saying, like, when you're, first of all, two totally different generation, generational standards and generational teachings that we're trying to implement now versus back then when my dad was growing up. You don't cry. Crying is what the women do. Point blank period. Crying was deemed as less masculine, weak. I was just talking to one of my friends about this a couple of days ago and she had said something really important and she was like honestly i feel like our generation is creating a, a, is trying to create a safe space for men to open up and feel like they can do that and i think that is absolutely true because i feel like this generation in time in 2022 we are in our 20s we're trying to figure out our lives and we're also understanding the importance of the inside shit it's it doesn't matter how you look outside as long as you're you know matching that energy on the inside and mental health and physical health all play a part in that and i think this generation, well, my generation today, is really, really doing our part to understand mental health, understand the importance of physical health, understand that what you eat and what you do on a daily basis truly affects your body. And that is something that you should really be paying attention to, to try to improve your, not only your life, but your lifespan. So I totally agree with her when we're, when she said that, like, I think this generation is trying to provide a safe space for men because... I think as women, we're kind of, I don't know, I'm going to say women, but I'm also going to say black women as well, because I think black women are the least respected in our 
in society as a whole and me as a black woman I'm going to biasly say that I don't think that that should be the case but it is so I think for black women our main thing right now is trying to not only stand strong for ourselves but also uplift our black men and show them that it is important to cry it is important to go to therapy it is important to do whatever you feel like is going to make you feel better up here not only out here you know what I'm saying so yeah I think it is very important to just because black what I will say about black men and I'm gonna use my cousin Khalid as an example they're gonna they're gonna put on the bravest face they're gonna smile every day they're gonna make you feel like they enjoy everything about their life I there was no indication that that boy was depressed I can say that wholeheartedly because I know everybody that went through that situation with me could agree. There was no indication that he was depressed. There was no indication that he was struggling at life. There was no clear signs to me because he was always smiling, always at work, always at school, always doing his homework, always trying to do this, always trying to do better, always trying to do more, right? Typical man thing. But we have to understand, not only as women, but as a community, that men are better at hiding it men are better at you know just thugging it out when they really number one don't have to and shouldn't have to so i have a lot of facts on this little paper that i wrote for my notes this week and it says women are the heads of households in about 30 percent of black homes compared to nine percent of white homes that was really significant to me because that just goes to show that there are a lot of there are a lot more black homes that are ran by women who are probably doing it by themselves, probably providing by themselves compared to the white races. Families are sticking together more in the white races than they are in the black community, which has been probably the standard or not even the standard, which has been the case, unfortunately, for us for a long, long time. It was shocking to me when I read that fact, but it wasn't anything that I it was shocking, but it also wasn't because it was like, okay, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Serious mental illness rose among all ages of black people between the, eight, the years 2008 and 2018. That's so crazy because my cousin died in 2018. I don't know. When you, when you, you know, actually do the research and actually try to understand the statistics behind, you know, society and mental health, there's a lot of things that will have you like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And those two facts 100% made a lot of sense to me. Um, I was do also doing some, you know, research. I like to do research on the things that I speak about on my show because I like to just have the facts. I like to have a lot of knowledge on whatever it is I'm talking about. And I went on this website and I said there were a few reasons why there was a rise in suicides among Black, American, black Americans. One was social media. Social media really increases the increases the pressure one feels to fit into their society so social media is a hundred percent something that plays a part in our mental health our day-to-day -day life and how we really really feel and i personally me i know that for a fact because it's very very hard to remain humble and remain trusting in your process when you see people on social media who are your age if not younger with money cars houses this extravagant lifestyle that you've always envisioned and wanted for yourself 
others are getting it. But I think that is just the main thing with that is like you have to trust your process and you have to understand that just because you see them on social media winning doesn't mean that your time isn't going to come because everybody's time comes differently. That could be their time to shine and it's just your time to watch it. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that your life is not going to be everything that you wanted it to want it to be. That's not true at all. But social media definitely plays a part in just how we feel day to day and how our I personally I seen this meme on Instagram a couple days ago and it was like if social media crashed for one year, I think that would be the best thing for society because that would force everybody to first of all read a fucking book, take a walk, and interact with the people in front of you and put that motherfucking phone down. I am not opposed to social media crashing for one year. I'm not I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed. But also my friend Jada, she is really, really good at getting a grasp on how social media makes her feel, right? Because she will deactivate her Instagram page for months, months. And then when she goes on vacation, she'll reactivate it just to show like the highlights of the trip and then deactivate it again. Like she was quick to understand like, yo, that social media shit is whack. Everybody's showing you the good parts of their lives and not showing you the bad parts. <laughs> That's another reason why social media plays with our mental and our emotions because we think that everybody is, you know, making it and has all this money. They're not showing you the bad parts and the hard shit that they had to go through to get there. They're just showing you the aftermath. They're showing you the results. So when you, everything that you see on social media is not going to be 100% how it was depicted and 100% how that person's life is right now. They're not going to show you the process that it took to get here. That's the problem. Social media is 100% blinding everybody into believing that success happens overnight, which it does not. And that your life is not as good as you think it is. There's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. Y'all didn't listen to that J. Cole song? So I definitely think social media plays a very extreme part. Two, mental health stigma impedes black people from seeking help. I think a lot of people for a long time, right, in the black community thought that if you go to therapy or if you get help, you're crazy. That is the most untrue statement in the world. That does not make you crazy. That makes you somebody that is responsible and, you know, in tune with themselves who wants to better their life and better their mental capacity. Mental health is not a joke. That's not something to play with. That's not something that you can just be like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't really feel too good mentally right now, but I'm just let it go and I'm gonna just keep getting, doing what the fuck I gotta do. No, that is the worst thing you can do for yourself. Even if you just sit down and journal or talk to somebody or it doesn't even have to be a fucking therapist it could be your family member or your friend doesn't matter find a way to get your emotions out somehow that works for you and stick to that there's nothing wrong with and try everything try journaling try going to the gym try going on walks try talking to your family members try talking to your friends do a fucking book club read a book do something pick up a new hobby do everything that you have to do trial and error to find what suits you in coping with your mental health because mental health is going to be a continuous journey for the rest of our lives that's not going to be something that you completely heal everything that you've gone through in your life and now you're perfect for the rest of your life no because as you go through life there's going to be new things that pop up there's going to be new things that hurt you 
and there's going to be new things that you have to heal from. Healing is going to take the rest of our lifetimes. We might die and there might be things that we still didn't heal from in our, in our lifetime. And that's okay as long as we try to do the work. Mental health is going to be something that is important for the rest of our lives. And I'm glad that this generation is working so hard to make sure that we understand that. Because that is super important. Treatment is often less accessible for black people. Also very true. Because um, a lot of black people... Or a lot of people, not even black people for real, but people in the world who don't have insurance, don't have access to healthcare, don't have access to, you know, don't even know how to go about finding a therapist or don't have the money to fund a therapist because they don't have insurance. Because therapy, one, is going to cost money. Or if you go through insurance, that forces people to have to sit with their trauma and deal with them themselves. They can't really get the help that they need because... They don't have the resources to achieve that. And I think that is so sad. And I think that, again, that is something that I think our generation and society today is trying to improve, you know, more and more. But that is still a problem. Black people face racism and discrimination. I just gave you four amazing reasons as to the why there is a rise in, social, uh, in suicide among black Americans. And I think that last one tops it. We'll do... We'll make all this progress as black people, right? Getting our voices heard, getting our points across, right? And then there'll be another case of police brutality that'll knock us three steps back. And then we'll make a little bit of progress and then there'll be another case that knocks us three steps back. And then there'll be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a ongoing struggle and process for us to be heard and to not be discriminated against. I think it's unfortunate and I hate that I have to say this, but I think racism and discrimination will be something that Black people as a whole will have to combat our entire lives. Because if you really think about it, Martin Luther King, that was years and years and years ago. Look at all the work that he had to do from the beginning to get us to where he led us to. And look at all the work that we have to do to be heard every single day. I think at the beginning of the pandemic was when I really, really, really grasped that. That whole George Floyd thing, bro. I was in the streets. Like, I was at protests. I was, I, like, that shit is something that I will never, ever forget in my 22 years of my life. Because that was real deal shit. Racism and discrimination and police brutality, those are main issues in our community that we are really, really struggling to fight for or fight against every single day. So I think that that's something that we'll always, you know, have to deal with. And then, One male dies by suicide every 14.4 minutes. When I seen that shit on the internet, I was like, what? First of all, 60 minutes is one hour, right? Now, hold on, let me, let me get my calculator for sure, because I'm really about to do this, right? 60 minutes, let's do 60 divided by 14. That's 4.3. So that's four men dying every hour. There's 24 hours in a day. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you see the rabbit hole that I'm going down right now? Like, that's crazy. That is so sad. That is so 
terrible that men feel and also this is the thing like my cousin also taught me this too that i feel like men instead of doing all the therapy and all the you know talking to people and journaling and all the ways that you can try to help you know your mental health i feel like for men the only way out for them that they really feel is logical is suicide and that hurts so bad to have to admit because we first of all we need our men we love our men that's hello and we truly truly need our men men thinking that suicide is the best option for them really 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 hurts me it really really does because that's like the most untrue statement ever like that is not the only way out that is not the only solution like but then again when somebody is and i've talked about this before when somebody is mentally ill and they're depressed and they have all these problems on top of problems piled up on them they feel like you know life is just so much better without me in it and it's so hard convincing them that that is not true so there are 3.9 male deaths by suicide for each female death by suicide so every one female that dies there are 3.9 males that die let's just round it up to four wow 77 percent of men polled have suffered with common mental health systems like stress anxiety and depression as women we have to I don't care if it's your father I don't care if it's your brother I don't care if it's your boyfriend I don't care if it's just a male friend that you have ask the men in your life how they are doing ask them how they're feeling ask them what they want to talk about like you will ask a man how are you and how you're doing and they'll say oh I'm good you know same old same shit like you know they don't really I don't feel like they really feel like they have a safe space to really vent and really pour their heart out about how they feel. Make that safe space for the men in your life. Create it. It's our job as women to allow them to feel like they can be as emotional as we are. Like there's, it's impossible for us to disagree with that. Like if they're, cause if you think about it, if you're in a relationship with a person and you're having a bad day, who are you calling? Your man, cause you want to talk about with your man, right? And you want to unload everything that you have gone through throughout the day onto your man, right? Me, for example, I live with my father. Any minor inconvenience, I'm calling my dad. I wanna to talk to my dad, I'm gonna tell my dad. But little do, I, little do we know, our dads have the same fucking issues that we probably have. Our dads are, first of all, my dad is a provider, he's a supporter, he's also trying to make a living for himself, also trying to make a living for everybody in this household while maintaining his fucking sanity every day. That is so hard to do, especially, I use my dad as an example for a lot of things because I feel like he's in his late 40s, you know, 50 is creeping around the corner. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that I know that he's gone through or experienced when he was like 15, 20, 24, 30, that he probably has never healed from. Like if my dad was to probably, if what I like to remember, I used this analogy before about how I have my backpack of stuff, my backpack of traumas, right? And when you go through life and you acquire new traumas, you're just putting your backpack right without really emptying it out. So you have shit at the bottom of that backpack that you probably totally forgot about. If my dad was to come and unload and dump out his bag of traumas, we, first of all, he'd probably be dumping for a while and there would probably be shit in there that he totally forgot about and that he totally 
thought that he moves on from, that probably plays a part in how he is day to day now. That goes for any man. That's not just for my dad. That goes for our boyfriends, our brothers, our uncles. We got to understand, and I'm a black woman, so I'm speaking on my black community and the black kings that I have in my life. Black men go through hell to simply survive. Like, really think about that. As a black man, I cannot imagine how that feels because of everything that you see in social media, everything that you see in the news, everything that you see in life. Being stopped by the police as a black man is probably very traumatizing, probably very nerve-wracking, probably very hard to keep your cool in that situation, right? So think about the... Think about black men and their interactions with police, right? Think about black men and their interactions with the women that they date or you know the children that they have life is hard for everybody so now imagine being a man who feels like he don't have nobody to turn to or a man to, that feels like i can't really express how i feel truly because i have to provide i have to be as i have to be the strong one for my household no as women we need to create that safe space for them to where they feel like they can cry or where they feel like they can call you up and be like yo you know what I'm not really feeling like myself today, so can I just tell you everything that's on my mind? And we have to be right there to meet them with solutions or meet them with, you know, affirmations and reassurance that everything is going to be okay. Men, we got to stop forcing our men to be these strong-willed people who, and act like they don't have their own shit going on because that's not, that's not fair. That's not right. That's not, that's not true. So what I want y'all to take away from this episode truly is that as women let's be there for our men more let's give them more of a safe space because they create safe spaces for us to thrive and be bask in our femininity and do everything that we want to do so let's return the favor to them because society and life in general is already not on their side already so let's give them like i said safe spaces to be themselves safe spaces to be vulnerable safe spaces to be emotional safe spaces to be who they truly want to be and safe spaces to just get that shit out because you know holding everything in and masking everything that you've been through it's only gonna it's everything that it's only gonna linger those negative emotions that you feel are only going to linger so you really deal with your shit and work through it Everything that you feel negatively towards the things that you have gone through is going to linger. So, that's how I feel about it. The moral of this episode is to just be mindful of... I think I have the same moral all the time, but just be mindful of how you impact other people. And if you are able to be there for somebody, and if it's a man, so be it. If you're there to be... a listening ear to a man or to somebody in your life do that because we really don't know how hard it is to come by people that you feel like you can be open with or people that you feel like you can express yourself with that's not easy to come by that's not something that we all have really and i think that because it is so hard to to have access to you know healthcare or therapy or a safe community or something that you know what I'm saying like it's very hard to find outlets for the things that we go through so I think that is important for us to come together and lean on each other especially as black women and especially as black men 
we are all we have in our community. So we have to be each other's main supporters and biggest fans. So that's how I feel. Thank you for another great episode. Thank you for another real conversation with real perspectives. Hope to see you next week. Like, subscribe, share, and yeah. Thanks for the love. Bye. Mm -hmm.